Bienvenidos al podcast de Latino Founder Hour. Each week we invite you to spend an in-depth hour with us as we speak with a Latino startup founder from somewhere around the world. Aquí conocerás esas historias de éxito y fracasos, retos personales y lecciones aprendidas. And we have fun. We're live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in at startupradionetwork.com. O en versión podcast después del show. Escucha. Listen. Aprende. Learn. Y emprende. Launch. Bienvenidos a episodio 100 de Latino Founder Hour Podcast. ¿Cómo están? ¿Cómo está Silvia? Súper contentos. Dos I'm very años. happy. Estoy súper contenta. We're super happy. Eh, estoy sobria years. todavía. Yes. Cheers. No me he tomado. I haven't taken a sip yet. Because yeah, today we're celebrating with tequila. 1800. 1800. Cristalino. Chin, chin. Salud. Oh, yeah. He had Salud. It. Okay, I'm afraid. My accent is going to be like, ay. <laughs> wow. Listen to you. Well, Woo! it's amazing. Thank you, First, I want to acknowledge, you know, thank you to Mark Grimes and Michael that, you know, Alain Beausoleil and Chelsea Lancaster, our producers. Uh, Sylvia, why are you making faces? I'm acknowledging, <laughs> you know, producers, the people that made this happen. And, the of course, faces Claudia. Are at the tequila, not at you, the producers. All our amazing guests uh, for two years uninterrupted. It's been fantastic. So, you know, telling a bunch of amazing stories, inspirational. And Sylvia's already hammered. Woo! With one sip of tequila. So today, <laughs> I brought my finest bottle of tequila, 1800 Cristalina. It's you know, real nice good. plug in. It's real good. <laughs> yeah. It's good for you. So it, it, it's good for you. It cleanses the soul. And who, you know, who, who better to have this celebration of that? Yes. Mr. Rick Tarosi. Rick. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming over. Thank and you for been, having me. It's I'm been super like two years excited. in the, make, in yeah. the making. Yeah. yeah. So for the people that don't know Rick Tarosi, The Rick. Godfather, Rick, Ricardo Turoxi. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Godfather of the startup um, scene. I mean, I, I didn't coin that phrase. It was already in. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the one I've the one I've heard from uh, Mata Zapeta that I like the most is the Fairy Godfather. Oh, yeah. Because it's kind of like a fairy godmother. It makes yes. it a lot yeah, yeah. softer than yes, the, the godfather. godfather. <laughs> no, I will. T I will yeah. take you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I will take that. The Fairy Godfather. Yes. Of the Rick startup Rossi. community. In, in our beautiful in, city of Portland. Yes, in the ecosystem. Well, the, the, probably and the entire Oregon, state. And Oregon, I was going to say. Yeah. And founder of Pi, the Portland Incubator mm -hmm. Experiment. Yeah. And, the, and the Silicon Florist. Yeah. Yeah. So, lots of, I start lots of things. <laughs> Not all of them are terribly successful, but every once in a while. Well, but, you know, how long ago did you start the Silicon Florist? It's been a little over 12 years okay. now that I've been doing that as a, really just as a side project for the community. So, okay. um, so the original impetus for starting that was I'd been blogging since like the late 90s mm -hmm. and like back when you actually had to write code to have a blog, blog. online oh, yeah. oh, and wow. uh like geocities was a thing yeah well, yeah that was kind of a thing yeah it was like a really basic html in bad front page kind of stuff and uh you know i'd been writing online for a really long time and had never really developed an audience you know my mom might have read my blog every once in a while but uh i really enjoyed 
the the opportunity and the experience. And so when I started getting more engaged with the open source community in Portland and the and the kind of earlier stage startup community, that mm-hmm. just seemed like a really good opportunity to write about what I was seeing and that I went out and I tried to register Silicon Forest because that's what they called the region and that wasn't available. So I was just like, well, it's the Rose City in the Silicon Forest. No, I Forest. like your name so, much yeah, better. Thank yeah. you. Just yeah. like the San Francisco Valley is the Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a lot of tech companies for people that don't know. Very, very, very big um, yeah, but we're companies. The fo- this is right. the Silicon yeah. Forest. And we've had that name for a long time. There was this kind of period of time where everybody was naming their startup community Silicon something. something. And so it was just the, I think it was the ethos at that time. It made sense. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's 12 years later now. So like late 1990s, how was it here? I mean, because most of us yeah. weren't here. Yeah. So, you know, we're in, in yeah, so the mid 90s in Portland, um, you're still very much with installed software mm-hmm. at that point in time. You know, we're transitioning from floppy disks to CDs to install that software. So rather than stacks of floppy disks, you get one, one thing. Or maybe you, two. Or maybe two. Yeah. yeah. If you have a really comprehensive <laughs> program. And uh, just barely starting to think about other platforms that that technology could exist on. So the web is starting mm-hmm. to become a thing, um, like Palm Pilots, if anybody remembers those. Yes. Those kind of apps are starting to become a thing. But the vast majority of startup activity is occurring in Hillsborough because it's generally okay. people who yeah. have left Intel or Tektronics. There's Linux. A, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of available real estate out that way. Nothing startup like is really happening in the in Portland, Portland area. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's more in the in the suburbs at okay. that point in time. Yeah, because back then Portland downtown was you know financial services. Yeah, it was typi- attorney, just service typical, typical downtown. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And so for those uh, people on the feed listening mm-hmm. to us, Hillsborough is maybe like a twenty minute drive. Maybe with traffic nowadays, it's like thirty minute drive yeah. from Portland towards the Oregon coast. But it it's might very, very it might as well be another country for the way oh, yeah. Port, the way Portland operates. Like Portland has this weird dynamic about like if it if I have to get on a highway to get there, oh, yeah. or if yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. cross a river to get there, that's way too far yes. away. Yeah. I don't yes. want to go there. It, 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 my, my rate is if it's twenty minutes out, yeah. it's, it's like <laughs> yeah. like Christ, you know, Columbus. It's, before it, no, it's it no could have been line. maybe twenty minutes when I moved to Portland first. Yeah. Uh, now because of traffic, I'm sure it's oh, no, forty five. Yeah, so so my but, rate is still twenty minutes. We get get it. Yeah, just get smaller yeah. and smaller. So people yeah. who are listening, they get an idea. It's it, Hillsborough is a very very close city. Um, to Portland. Yeah. Okay. But so you came here from the East Coast? Or? Oh, I came here uh, immediately from Walla Walla, Washington, which okay. is a very yeah. tiny. Rural Onions town. are famous. Onions and wine. Onions now. were famous when yeah. I was there. And yeah, now it's a wine town. I don't really recognize it anymore. <laughs> but uh, I went to, yeah, I went to college there and stayed uh, a couple years after college to, um, I coached lacrosse and worked in town and was a nanny. 
This is a side of you. Yes, a lacrosse. Rick, yeah. Yeah. Rick oh, yeah. el coach you, you, de lacrosse. Well, but you got some of the lacrosse coach when we do pitch practice. Like that's oh, that's when the that's lacrosse, where it comes yeah, from. Okay. That's where the lacrosse coach okay. comes out. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, mm-hmm. All right. I, I haven't seen that face yet. So. Yeah. You only, you only get the nice version. If you're in pie, you, you as get we the work, full on. yeah, as we work our way up to oh. demo it day, it was still very fairy godmother. It was very good at pushing. <laughs> Not godfatherly, but very godfatherly <laughs> of like, hey, get your act together or you could improve this way. You could improve that way. Very structured. I I didn't find it mean coach at all. It was very useful coaching. Okay. I appreciate that. Well, maybe that's what, you, that, that's what you needed at that time, maybe. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did some. I did need somebody that believed that I could do it right. to push me to where I could do it. On a so day that I crashed my husband's car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which I was there, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. 14th Great of March, 2019. Yeah. Well, so you so you came from Walla Walla, and you came to Portland for a startup, didn't you? Is I, that why you... It was, I, it was... So Portland is one of those towns where I think a lot of people... I mean, obviously, a lot of people are recruited by Intel or Nike or a larger organization to come work here. Mm. But I think... We also have a significant number of people who are just like, I kind of like Portland. I don't even know why, but I'm going to move there without a job and not knowing what I'm going to do. And that was very much what I did. I was, yeah. I'd spent a lot of time here. Um, uh, was a you know kind of dumb jock athlete all the way through high school and college, and so a lot of my athletics were here in town. So I'd spent a lot of time in Portland, and it was just an attractive city to me. Mm-hmm. I um, moved here and really just was looking for a job and I had been an English major and somebody was hiring for, they need like a copywriter editor. And so I applied and got that gig and that um, that company was doing a lot of work for s- small software startups. And so that was really my first exposure to the to startup, startup community. Yeah. And, and it was minuscule, I'm assuming. It was just... yeah. It was very, yeah, it was very, well, and it was, it was um, kind of fractured too. So there was a group of companies that were what you think of when you think of startups, right? Mm -hmm. Like venture funded, um, trying to scale really quickly, not terribly organized as a community. And then there was an entirely different group of people that were generally coming out of like the open source community, were starting to like create products almost accidentally like it's like accidental entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and so those two groups were really kind of divided so once i i worked on the startup side of the desk for venture funded startups for about 12 years and then um, once i kind of left that community i really discovered the other open source community and that was a much more robust interesting engaged community but it was also terribly quiet like they weren't talking about what they were doing. They weren't interested in kind of self-promotion mm-hmm. or those kind of things. And that was really the the inspiration for Silicon Florist was I was like, these folks are doing awesome stuff. Somebody needs to tell that Somebody story. Somebody needs to tell that story. And and so that's that's kind of why I started doing that back in the day. Oh, that so here's, yeah. here's an interesting thing, though, that you recognize that some people needed A to- platform. Needed a platform to let other people know about the amazing work that they were doing. And this goes directly tied to an amazing TED Talk that everybody mm. listening should watch and look it up on <laughs> YouTube. Because it's it's really 
a beautiful, beautiful TED Talk. And Rick shares how much of an introvert he is. And so if you are an introvert or if you are close to an introvert, you can appreciate and understand how how difficult or what a big deal it is for an introvert to decide to do this for other people. And I it, I think it's easier for others that are just like, oh, yeah, let's just mm, yeah. do this. And yep. honestly, it's just admirable. I use it as part of encouragement when, I, when my introvert side kicks in. I'm like, okay, golden walnut. <laughs> Watch the TED Talk and you'll know what I am talking about. You can do this. Yeah. Yeah, and Rick is blushing. By the way, yeah, yeah, it's, well, pro- it's, it's also probably the tequila. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a little warm in here. Um, yeah, but I think it's. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I also think it's just getting comfortable with being awkward is really the key to it, right? Like, and Portland is perfect for this. Portland's perfect. We're all yeah. weird, and yes. we can accept that. I think it yep. would be harder. At least for me, it would be harder to be so authentic. In a different city that doesn't. That's a great, yeah, get great point. Awkward yeah. people yeah. and be like, oh, mm-hmm. she's just weird, just like this other person's weird, yeah. like in LA or something. Right. Yeah. I think people in Portland are very accepting of that weirdness, if not to the point of being encouraging mm-hmm. about yeah. that weirdness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And embracing. Lean into that weirdness. Yeah. Go for it. So, yeah, it, it tends to work in Portland. It might not work yeah. everywhere. For Maybe sure. Austin, because Austin is also yeah. very, like, yeah. we, we, we are weird and we love it. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure in other cities, eh, they they no. want more of people, meerkats. Looking at, yeah. L- and... Well, but what, what I was going to say, you know, uh, you know, um, lo- looking at the TED Talk, um, I keep hearing that over and over, you know, here here in Portland and actually in other places. Like, oh, I'm introverted. You know, we just came out from a meeting before the podcast, and this guy, like, I would have never placed him as an introvert because he's, you know, I've known him for years. But yeah. just because I know him, I know he's a fun guy. He's outgoing. Well, I thought it was. I was right. like, no, man, it, it, it kills me. Yeah, yeah, it really kills me. So it's just like it, it's a common theme. So maybe it's maybe the ecosystem that. People like you have built here that's been accommodating to to others to go. Hey, be comfortable who you are. Yeah, and be comfortable on telling your story and be comfortable to maybe fail. Right. Well, and I think it's I think the other like important part for people to understand is it's okay to be kind of both. Right. Like you don't have to be on all the time. Like clearly, if you're an introvert. Being on even a small amount of time is going to wear down your batteries mm-hmm. and you're going to need to recharge in some way. I think, you know, there are very few even extroverts who can be on all the time constantly. And so just getting comfortable with whatever your kind of battery level is mm-hmm. and how you sustain that, I think, is is the way that we help more people engage in the community because the I think – the thing we're losing is a really interesting perspective if introverts are completely disengaged from the community in which they're living and working and that kind of thing. So that's that's what I was trying to kind of motivate there is it's getting more people involved and, and participating. That brings me to a, I mean, no, no, to a really, really good point because Rick has also been very intentional about – the diversity and inclusion yes. piece that is very much needed in the entrepreneur community and in other communities as well, but we're not going to talk about those. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I mean, we have been having these discussions on Twitter. 
it takes more time. It takes more effort to to do this. You have to be intentional about diversity. And you have done such a beautiful job at it. You not only recognize that this is needed, but you're also advocating and fighting to get more diverse diversity or diverse entrepreneurs, LGBTQ, people of color, women, and other people are just too lazy to do that extra work. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I feel like I'm just barely even starting that work. And it, admittedly, for folks listening from outside of Portland, Portland is the widest city in America. I mean, it by demographic, it's the widest city in America. And um, so for a long time, the work I was doing was very much focused on what you would think of as a quote unquote typical tech entrepreneur, mm -hmm. right? It was a reasonably young white male, male. and and that was the that was my perception of the startup community and it wasn't until that um, that community started to kind of plateau and it became obvious that that was not ever going to be a way of building a robust ecosystem of, of disparate views um, or scalable companies. Like we had to think bigger about it. And um, that was that was kind of that. Once you flip that switch, you can't flip it back, right? Like yes. you, you have to keep going and kind of keep leaning into it. But there's so much opportunity in even in a town like Portland to do that work that um, what I'm hoping we're kind of hitting upon is maybe some truisms or programmatic elements or techniques that other folks can adopt or, or um, embrace for their communities or, or other communities. Um, so yeah, we're an experiment, right? Like we don't, we admit, we don't know what we're doing. We're just trying to do good Figure stuff. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And, and hopefully it works, and, it, and we make a lot of mistakes, and we, you know, especially in the early days, probably made a lot of people upset and did a lot of the wrong things, but just kind of taking that feedback and continuing to iterate on it, like any good startup should, um, is is what we're trying to do, and and it I, I'm, I'm just flattered and honored that it's... Um, having an impact that is noticeable. Thank you. It just, like you said, the switch, even one little blurb from the Silicon Florist blog or a tweet might make people pause and think, ah, let's see. I mean, just recently, two days ago, Anthony Ware, our last, yes. our last yes. podcast guest, retweeted somebody who was discussing a situation of a black female founder pitching to venture capital people. And they said, oh, no, um, we love what you're doing, but we already invested in a black female last year. Right. So why don't you come back? These are things that you don't think would happen. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, 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 no. People like Rick are like, no, not only does it happen, you just don't even know how often it happens. Right. And it, again, just makes, does something to your brain that you're like, oh my God, this is so messed up. 
Yeah. And we so need that, to make more people aware of how ridiculous it is because I swear to you, we all know there has never been a man who has been told, we invested in a white man last year. Come back to us. <laughs> Next year. Yeah. 2021. Well, it, it just, I mean, it's not exactly what looks it is. Great. It's just like, oh, we're doing this just for the check. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm and that's check the, other, the box. Um, I'm like, well, it, that tells you exactly what your organization thinks about this conversation. It's just like, yep. I'm going to pat myself in the back, check. Until next year, we're good. We're dandy. Right. I like. Right. Good. Get out. Well, and, and I think yeah. I, I think the challenge is, and again, I've only learned this from the mistakes I've made personally, or the mistakes I've made with Pi in the past. Um, I think there's a real tendency for even the most well-meaning individual or organization to kind of misconstrue the first steps to engagement and it comes back to that mm. community thing right like it's a lot of people are like well i opened my doors and invited everybody to come to me and it's not working so i've done my part clearly the community isn't there when the challenge is really give up some of your ego like go look, go, for get, them. Go, look for, go they're yeah. already somewhere the community is there somewhere. Your yeah. job is not to try and get them to come to you. Your you job know. is to go find them and not even do it. Just hang out. Just be part of the community. Just learn the dynamics and the and the cultural aspects of that community and and engage as a member of community and not assume that simply because you've developed a fiefdom in the white male technology industry that somehow you have anything at all to offer that community mm -hmm. beyond participation and look for those opportunities and and just play a part you don't need to lead you don't need to play a significant role just like one of my favorite things to do just go to the mercado when they have a party because mm -hmm. they have a party practically every weekend and just go We're hang very out happy people. Yeah, just go hang out there and see and 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 experience like what the dynamics are of that community. Just be present. And that has been a real learning for me to, um, to just really have a much better understanding of the motivations and, and the passions and, and what makes those communities work. And that, that's got two benefits. One, not only do I get to participate in another amazing community, but I, I can also adopt some of those techniques or some of those cultural aspects to a broader community and continue to kind of work through that stuff. So, No, absolutely. And we just had that. Um, you were at that conversation a couple of weeks ago. About uh, yeah. cap access to capital, mm -hmm. and we had a bunch of people that are like, you know, explain. Well, we have all these products, precisely. We have all these things, but and we make events, and nobody shows up. And I, and internally, I was like, uh, I think you just answered your own question. <laughs> I'm like, uh, are you asking a question, or are you just like, uh, or you're just feeding your ego and saying, yeah, patting yourself like, on the back. Oh, I, like, I tried, but I tried, but I nobody showed I... up. I'm like, well, if didn't. If, if, and I, I I had to speak at the end because I was like, you know, look, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm reasonably tech aware. That's where I work. Yeah, yeah. I'm connected. I'm the, and I know I, I didn't know who you you people were like. I am the only person of color in this gathering. Mm -hmm. Well, no, no, no. I was a, the, two, but oh, but so the only was, entrepreneur. Stephen was there. Steve, oh, oh, Stephen okay. was there. Sorry, yeah. Stephen. We were two. Yeah. We were, <laughs> 
<laughs> but but outside of that, we're like okay, well, Re- Rakaya, because oh, yeah. because yeah, yeah. Uh, and I wanted to give a shout out to Rakaya Adams at, at Meyer Memorial Trust because she said something so poignant in that meeting that had never struck me before. That it, and she's always so good about like thinking about the language or the way things are kind of positioned within a community. Mm-hmm. And her comment at that point in time was calling it access to capital. Even something as simple as that is putting the problem on the entrepreneur. It's not the entrepreneur's job to figure out how to get access to capital. It's capital's job to figure out how to get to the entrepreneur. To the entrepreneur. Yeah. And and even that reframing of that Ooh. seemingly simple is like super powerful and and really stuck with me. So um yeah, I think that's a really good example of they're not there's there's no malice there. Those no. are very well-meaning uh, yeah. groups. There are, a lot of them are nonprofits that are strapped for resources and capital themselves. But the the kind of like getting past the bringing people to you and going to the community was a really important step in kind of my growth of understanding how to participate effectively. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, I mean, I was really surprised. Um, you know, number one, the engagement because it, it, it looked like well-intentioned people, and I know there's already organizations that are trying to do. I mean, it seems that there's a bunch of people trying to go in the same way, but in parallels. Yep. Rather than pulling together, so it's like, how, how do we glue them together? Yeah. Well, and I think uh, that goes back to our earlier conversation about like Portland weirdness or Oregon weirdness, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think we live in. A community where people are perfectly comfortable and encouraged to recreate the wheel simply because they have some like specific take on it that's slightly different. I mean, I think that's why we have an amazing food cart culture, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like 200,000 different kinds of donuts. They're all oh, basically yeah. donuts, yeah. but everybody does it just, sli- just yeah. slightly different. And then everybody in Portland has their like favorite. Right. Like, oh, yeah, that one's close. But this one is clearly the best donut in Portland. (laughs) So and that that but that also kind of creates that infrastructure in our nonprofits and our public service and and all those kind of things. So, yeah, to your point, there are a lot of people kind of running in parallel, but not looking to their left and right to see who's running alongside them on a regular basis. Yeah, no, totally. So that's a perfect time to take a little pause, absorb so all the can, wisdom. Yeah, so we can refill our tequila. <laughs> while, can, drink, yes. while we drink more tequila and go to ads. Yeah, we'll be right back. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionist. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Together, you and Ruby transform your phone into the sales engine it was meant to be. Visit callruby.com forward slash startup radio to sign up, or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code STARTUPRUBY. Tell them Sylvia and Edgar send you and you get a $150 credit. Today's episode of the Latino Founder Hour is brought to you by CPA Dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time, instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. 
And we're back in the air. We're trying to. They, the two guys, took a little refill on their tequila. I haven't even finished Salud, mine. Rick. Thank Salud. you for coming again. Yeah, of course. thank you for no, celebrating two years. Con la derecha, por el amor de Dios. <laughs> uh, that's Rick, just a weird Colombian thing. No, it's I've not. Never, yeah. Toast with your left, right, people? Yes. Mm. I mean, left people. Yeah, no, no, no. We don't. We don't do that. I'm not a lefty, so. <laughs> my, I, I, my, the tequila's already getting to me. <laughs> I should. So we're back with Rick. To uh, Roxy. Rick. To uh, Rick, so what, what is it? How, how pie originated? Oh, yeah. Portland yeah. Incubator the Experiment. Portland Incubator for Experiment. For the people who just joined us. Yeah, and uh, thank you. Um, it's super, like, pie looking back has a very, like, interesting kind of growth and trajectory. Like, it, it all makes sense looking backwards, but at the time, it was all these weird kind of accidents happening and and progressing so um i'm writing silicon florist i've probably been writing it a couple years at that point i'm advising and consulting with startups in the community and and doing some other work and i get this email or call from uh rennie gleason at wyden and kennedy and for folks who don't know Wyden and Kennedy, that's totally fine. They're um, a global advertising agency that happens to be headquartered in Portland, Oregon. And even if you don't recognize the name Wyden and Kennedy or WK, you've likely seen their work. So they were the ones who worked with Nike to create Just Do It. Mm-hmm. They're the Coca-Cola Polar Bears. They're the oh. old. They're the old Spice Guy. They're the new Colonel Sanders. So you've seen their work. You've seen their the work. Super Bowl yeah, commercial. Even, yeah. yeah and, even and, if you and, don't know it, yeah. you, you've seen their work. And so, and I had been in marketing and advertising. So clearly I knew who they were and was just kind of taken aback where I was like, you know, and Sylvia and I talk about this sometimes where it's like, I got this call. How did I get this call? How did this mm-hmm. person find out who I was? And so it was very much one of those. And I was like, why does a global advertising agency want to get involved in the Portland startup community? Mm-hmm. And their motivations were, were super interesting. It was, um, you know, one was Dan Wyden, who was the original one of the original founders was still in charge of the agency and he was very much like we were a startup not that long ago we should be paying it forward and helping the next generation of folks Um, part of it was they were really interested in the creative application of technology in that um, they knew technology was going to be something important for their customer base and as a creative agency they needed to understand what was happening with startups and then I think the you know the final aspect of it was this was the the height of the mortgage crisis in the US and so they had some empty retail space in their building that they wanted to be more active and yeah. so all of those things combined and um, me having a foot in the startup community and talking to a variety of folks, we just kind of came to this agreement that this would be mutually beneficial for Wyden and Kennedy and the startup community to, to start this project. And at the time, um, you know, like our, our hosts today, Ned Space was a going co-working mm-hmm. space that had a, a variety of people who would work out of the space. And so we initially established Pi as a co-working space specifically for um, web-based or mobile-based technology companies. And so that was our original point of focus with the project. And that was in 2009. 
Okay, so just the height of the recession. Yep. Uh, things are, you know, there's a lot of vacancies here. A lot, of vacan- that, yeah. a lot of vacancies here, a lot of people out of work, work. with the opportunity to try something new. So, and, and for people who don't know, I wanted to jump in just because this is something that's super important for Oregonians and potentially for other communities to think about. There is an Oregon law around unemployment that says any of us who've been on unemployment, there's this, you know, you have to show up in an interview for jobs or you don't get your check every week mm-hmm. kind of thing. There's an Oregon statute that says you can still get that unemployment payment if you choose to build your own business. So oh. for people oh, who get laid off and have this entrepreneurial idea, they don't have to both chase a new job and try and build their mm-hmm. business. They can still get that benefit and work full-time on building a new business. So there were a lot of people in our space who had gotten laid off who were using that benefit to kind of just build their bootstrap business. Yeah. their first business. Yeah. And, and, and well, and you got to see, you know, a couple of already successful exits, lots of failures. Yeah. What what are the uh, I wanted to talk about a little bit about founders. Yeah. Uh, yeah, please. Since this is, you know, a, a founder issue. Yeah, what, exactly. what what are the traits that you've seen that are most, uh, and I wouldn't say, you know, you have to have this to be successful, but right. not, not a blueprint. But what have you seen that works versus what doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great question. I think successful founders come in all personalities and mm-hmm. facets and those kind of things. So I will I will answer your question from only like a what I've seen work at Pi mm-hmm. perspective. And with the kind of caveat that I always say, like, if... Steve Jobs or Bill Gates had showed up at Pi, we probably wouldn't have accepted them. Not that they weren't going to be successful mm-hmm. founders, just that they had a vision that they were stubborn, stubbornly pursuing and they believed their vision to be correct, right? Like they they weren't looking for a lot of feedback. They just wanted people to help them achieve Build that vision. It, yeah. And so founders that Pi does well with, they tend to be very coachable. Mm-hmm. Like they tend to crave that level of feedback. They're looking for guidance to help them align their mission effectively. If they're teams of founders, they have a deep respect for the talents that each of the founders bring to the table. And they really kind of respect the roles that they play in those organizations. And then they also have this desire to be part of a broader community. So something something emotional is missing for them. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, it could be um, based on gender, it could be based on ethnicity or race. It could simply be based on the type of product they're trying to build in Portland. I wish I was sitting around more people who were working on X. Um, but they're they're definitely seeking That's out it. community. And so um, those folks tend to do well in Pi, and then the beauty of the Pi model is once you've been through the program and had the experience and done demo day and all that kind of stuff, you then kind of graduate into being one of our mentors. So not only do you get the community while you're building your company, but when you leave Pi, you're still very much attached to that community as a mentor for future founders. Okay, so it's not that, that you just get the boot and, okay, right. you're on your own. Yeah, good luck. You know, fly, yeah, fly exactly. away. The minute after demo day, go away. Thank you. Yeah. No, no, we um, we have decided that um, Pi is really a 
community building tool disguised as a startup accelerator, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's to get the startups together, it's to get the mentors together, it's to get established organizations like like the Widening Kennedys of Portland or our newest partners like Autodesk and Puppet to really have the opportunity to engage in the community in a more meaningful way for not only the corporation, but for the employees that work at those corporations and giving them opportunities to mentor early stage startups or or at least be participatory in the community in a different way. Okay. I am in Pi, like I mentioned. On demo day, I crashed my husband's car. <laughs> and But it was fine. We're not going to talk about that. But the pitch, the pitch still It was well. very yeah. painful yeah. to my heart. But, yeah, I survived the pitch. It, uh, everything that Rick said about Pi resonates with me because... I definitely needed guidance. I was open to feedback. I got it from Rick and from a number of other mentors and uh, pie companies. Yeah, and I think that that peer-to-peer thing mm-hmm. is really interesting too, right? Like the um, and uh, just shout out to Ania Williams at Black and Brown Founders. Like a, a group of our companies got to go to Philly for black and brown founders. And that, even though it was a very short period of time, a very long trip for a short period Mm -hmm. of time, but the fact that a lot of Pi folks got to hang out with one another in a different environment with a whole event of people who looked like them and, and shared similar experiences, was this really catalytic event for the, for the peer group of that, of that Pi. Um, that is absolutely cohort. that is absolutely yeah. true. We have event. a little group. We even have yeah. our own WhatsApp group. We can text each other, broadcast things, and just be there for each other. But even Pi in general, very different companies doing completely different things. We have sometimes you run into the same problems, and you by yourself would maybe you would maybe figure it out. It would take you 15 times longer than if you are able to brainstorm or collaborate with somebody who's building a completely different company, mm-hmm. but they know how to do it. And it not only saves you saves you time, it saves you loneliness. I mean, I was yeah. trying to do Tono Latino by myself and n- try not to go crazy in my house. And now I get to see humans and it is... I mean, I have to drive out and... You're, you're calling it not non-human? No, like I had nobody. <laughs> I had nobody and he doesn't want to talk no, yeah. about politics. And so I was... I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the collaboration mm-hmm. and the support, not only for building your company, but I have literally, we have our staff meetings. Uh, they're called yeah. dinner, even though it's at lunch. And I love the fact that it's not at lunch and it's called dinner but we share our personal stories because an entrepreneur it's not an entrepreneur is not just the company that they build it mm-hmm. is a whole package that comes in with personal issues and i have broken down into tears in the middle of something because of a family problem mm-hmm. and they have been there to support me and understand and and just be there for me more than just for the company yeah and that is a very unique thing that I never experienced working in corporate America, you would never, ever break down into tears in a staff meeting and share your personal life the way that I was able to do 
comfortably in in a in a conference room with other people because they understand the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. One day you're in your lowest low, and the next day you're in your highest high. Yeah. From corporate America, you have those highs and lows. Now, those that wave multiplied by mm-hmm. ten in each direction, mm-hmm. yep. and that's how extreme it is. It's like worse than being in a roller coaster. Oh, absolutely! And, and just and like I told you yesterday, person. I had a, I had a day yesterday. I was like, wow, phenomenal lunch. Yeah, super inspired, pumped up, and I had a, a complete fucking. Uh, because <gasps> I'm gonna say, oh yeah, it was it was devastating. It was yeah. a devastating because it was almost. Uh, I wouldn't say betrayal, but it was like, mm. it, it, it's like, wow, I thought, you know, this person, I thought you were different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought you were, you know, and, and I want to talk about and, and, the, and the Latino, right. and, and I, I want to bring this up because it's, uh, well, we talk about collaboration and blah. And here in the U.S., there's a saying among Latinos that the worst enemy of a Latino, it's another Latino. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yesterday, I wouldn't say enemy, but it was, it was something really. I mean, yeah. wh- whatever. It, yeah. it, it, it affects the psych. Uh, because like, wow, uh, like we're trying to build this. There's people that say things. Oh, yeah, well, let's collaborate. Let's yep. do this. Yep. And then they show you the other side. They're like, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to keep those to me, mm-hmm. for me. I'm like, wow. Uh, so how do we go beyond that? Yep. I mean, I know it's a cultural thing. Um and you know we, 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 we're trying to build something also yeah. for the Latino community yeah. here, uh, not only in Portland, but you know hopefully that that, that can be easily Beyond. replicated. Right. Right. Uh, well, and I think I think if there are founders who are looking for community or or an accelerator program or that kind of thing, back in the early days when we started, there were very few people mm-hmm. doing that work, and um, so it was it was much harder to decide. Do I need an accelerator or not? These days, I think for founders, it's really important to look at, like, what is the accelerator focused on Mm -hmm. doing? Because there are a lot of great programs that do a lot of very different things. And so Pi is super selective in the regard of the the types of founders who we think succeed in our program. But we're by no means, like, all things to all people. We do something very specific very well. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I encourage people to kind of do their research in that regard. Um, but I do think uh, what I've discovered through time, speaking of those highs and lows, is that what Pi seems to be the best at doing is mitigating the amplitude of those highs and lows, right? Like we're, ne- we're never going to improve the wavelength or, or make yeah. it different because it's going to go up and down a whole yeah, yeah. bunch. But we're going to help you kind of mitigate the amplitude of those waves in that if you're getting too excited about something that we know is not going to go anywhere, we're going to kind of <laughs> knock you down a little bit. And if you're yeah. beating yourself up too much it's like about a little cushion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. The it, padding we have on the walls on over sides. here. Yeah. You just yeah. need a little padding. Yes. You need the, yeah, you need the, and you need the help as a founder of learning how to assimilate mm-hmm. those highs and lows in a way that you can deal with it emotionally and mentally on a long term basis because it can be super corrosive going through those ups yes. and downs yeah. on a regular and sometimes an up can be as corrosive as a down oh yeah I mean, i'm sure it can be intoxicating yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. i mean we, we, we've seen many public um displays you know we work theranos oh yeah Woo. right we could keep well yeah we shouldn't yeah. Have. whatever <laughs> but yeah uh and, and i think you know uh 
it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that you know the the type of accelerators, but I, you know, not now knowing what I know yeah. and I've seen yeah. it from this side, I just don't think you know if I go back like five six years when I started, I don't think I knew what I needed. Right. And if you ask a new entrepreneur like, hey, uh, what do you think you're gonna need? It's a different story like five years later. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. I, I think yeah. Accelerate should, you know, that that should be the, the, the month like, hey, you're going to need this. Yeah. Because you're going to go through this. Even if you're like, oh, I'm, I'm a strong guy or I'm a right. strong will woman, like, doesn't matter. Yep. It doesn't but I matter. Think that's I mean, exactly why we what, need this community because we can advise yeah. each other. You don't remember when we met, but I have that very, very clearly in my mind. Now you I just remember, me. obviously, yeah. the day that I met my fairy entrepreneurial godfather Rick Duroxy <laughs> I remember that day she, she's got a, like a really Rain Man way to say yes. back in April like, no, oh, I remember wow. exactly when it happened and it's very much like Slumdog, Slumdog Millionaire that you have this accumulation and if you can actually look back and see how those good things or bad things that happened to you built up over mm, time to yep. get you here yep now, what do you do moving forward? And how do you take the advice of people that can help you moving forward? We, I saw a tweet this morning from Queer Health, Derek. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, Derek. 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 Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Derek. Yep. About having too much advice. Mm-hmm. And it's just like in parenting. You have to, I mean, I could take advice from a lot of different people about parenting. I have to be selective about who where it's coming from and again i don't think they have bad intentions it's just right who do i trust and what is more aligned with what i want to be and so well and to both of your points when are you ready to hear that right yeah. cuz like i think the most interesting challenge with founders is generally super optimistic generally think they can solve any problem that they're facing and um, often very kind of stubborn and focused on the problem they're having right now. And if you try and talk to them about anything else, they don't care. They're like, they're like I want to solve this problem. This is my problem right now. Yeah. And so being able to work within that dynamic is, is challenging, but also super motivating. And it's, I think that, I think the art of working with founders is if the feedback you're getting from the founders you're working with is I wish you would have told me that earlier then you're doing your job the right way mm-hmm. because they actually heard you and they were actually able to solve a problem because of that and our response is consistently if we told you that earlier you wouldn't have heard it because you weren't yeah. you weren't, you weren't ready. ready yeah you yeah. weren't ready to hear it yet and so that's where we try and do our work is like being intentive and intentional about the founders and the problems they're experiencing, but also the feedback they're ready mm-hmm. to receive and when the best time to provide that feedback is. And sometimes we just need time to process. Yeah. Totally. You told me something and then two weeks later we would meet for our one on one and I'm like, So I thought about what you said. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I yeah. did some research. <laughs> Turns out you duh, were right. you were right. I've had the same experience with amazing mentor that you mm-hmm. connected me with Peter Horan. Yeah. Shout out to Peter. Yeah. He will tell me something and then n- I didn't ignore him. I just needed my own time to process and do my research and then I go back and I tell him, "Peter, I wanted to let you know that I changed my strategy based on this and this and that and I remember you specifically saying this yep. and I heard you." Yep. And 
thankfully people are gracious like you and Peter and not say, I told you so. But you you can say, I'm glad you heard me mm-hmm. and this is the right thing for you. And that's why things are moving forward because you were able to like take that in and own it. And I think sometimes also as founders, we know the advice that you're giving us is the right one. We just don't know how to do it, how to implement it. Right. Well, and I think the the challenge of the mentor relationship is you have two people who are making intuitive leaps that aren't doing a very good job of communicating what the reasoning behind those leaps are, right? So you have the founder who has this vision of, well, the world's totally going to be a better place when my product exists and people are all using it. And like, I have a billion people on my platform and everything's going to be great. And like that vision is great and you need to hold on to that. And that's what gets you out of bed every morning, but you need to back it down to something that's digestible to the general public right now or that's, or that's attainable today. And the mentors are coming at it from the, Oh, I have so much experience in this regard. I'm not going to give you the kind of like basic knowledge. I'm just going to leap ahead to like this advice that I'm going to give you. And so there's that weird processing time where it's like it takes you a while to go. To catch up. Oh, I heard it. I just don't know how that mm-hmm. mentor got there. And so being the being the kind of like diplomatic entity between those two is us constantly going, mentors, just share your very most basic knowledge that you think is common sense because that's the only level the founders need to hear. And on the founder side, keep hold of your vision. That's all great. But what are we doing in today. the next, in the next hour, mm-hmm. in the, you know, in the today, in yeah. the next week, break by stuff. break. Yep. 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 Exactly. Yeah. I mean, with Rick. With Rick. Break. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Hey. I can see this that. This is what happens when you give me tequila. I, my mind gets creative in other ways. Break oh, uno by mas, break por favor. with Rick. But es que we cannot serve it again because you put the cap. Oh, do you want another one? No, because I have, have to, to drive have my to car drive. to a parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> we need to wrap up. And we have we'll Rick about has. Five minutes. Rick has. He's saying go. Yes. He has some really good announcements oh right? yes oh yeah yeah i heard what, it on the stat i read it on the status report. yes so i've been holding off sorry to the general public but i knew i had the opportunity to be here for the 100th episode and wanted to have something special to share um i wanted to let folks know that we are announcing pi demo day this year will be on march 19th um, it will be hosted at Revolution Hall here in Portland. And the other benefit is if you don't happen to be in Portland, we always live stream the event. So it doesn't matter where you are. You can tune in wherever and watch our latest crop of What startups. day of the week is that? Is that a, a Thursday? Thursday? Yes! Okay. I'm not teaching that day. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Yeah. So, Booking um, a babysitter right now because yeah. I believe it's at like 2 p.m. It's at 2 p.m. Started. Yeah. Okay. I got my tickets already because we had a preview, oh, but so everybody the, else, go get your tickets. The it's tickets awesome. are available. We'll, but we'll get the tickets up for the general public today. So okay. in, if you... And we'll share the you, links. Yeah. So like if you're right now listening to the podcast, just go to uh, Piaz and Paul, i.e. Piaz and Paul DX.com. P-A-P-D-X. And then... Um, just sign up for the newsletter and you'll get, or follow us on Twitter mm-hmm. or whatever, and we'll blast that out a little later today. But uh, in the show notes, we'll make sure that you have the link to okay. sign up. And we'll share the link all, all over. Cool. So we can. Awesome. Yeah. Pi Demo Day is an awesome 
collection of presentations from super inspirational and diverse entrepreneurs kind of like little mini ted talks that's how yeah. you presented it yeah. you explain it to me it's not yep. like shark tank pitches and also the audience there is they're saying that i'm getting tipsy of course i'm getting tipsy they already gave me like a whole thing <laughs> the audience is very supportive so as a person who presented last year after crashing her husband's car i felt a lot of support coming from the crowd in a topic that makes me a little bit nervous because of the political nature and i felt so much love and support that as sort of an introvert i actually did not want to leave the in the networking again event right after so that should speak volumes, volumes. yeah yeah yeah. It, yeah it's really just um you know if it, if people have been to demo day events before or watch shark tank mm. or that kind of thing uh, pie's flavor bad pie pun pie's flavor of this thing is that it's a it's an opportunity for the community to join in celebrating what's being built what was here the, yeah and 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 that's the whole ethos of it is everybody in the audience wants to be helpful and and every founder is super passionate about what they're building here in Portland 319 so it's the first day that is known in 314 <laughs> just to be intentional yeah, yes so we do we usually do yeah. it we usually try and do it on pi day but booking a venue on a Saturday, it's a Saturday. in Portland yes. is There's really a lot of events. I already yeah. had one, and I was like pulling hairs out, thinking, "How am I gonna pull this off?" Because I have a like formal event that mm. needs like hair and makeup and long dress, and I was like, "Until he's making faces." I don't already. know how I'm gonna make this happen, <laughs> but I need to be for demo day. And when they changed the the date, I was happy because I can attend both. There you go. Yeah. And now it's Thursday. Yep. So Thursday, March 19th. Yep. yep. Get yep. your tickets. Yep. Two Check out Twitter, PyPDX. We will repost. Yes. We will, and we will be there for sure. And, cool. Awesome. And Thank share you. far and wide so you can support amazing companies. And amazing That I'm going to help with the pitching because yeah. that's yeah, like yeah. my favorite because thing to do. do. All right. Excellent. Rick, thank you so much. It's been an honor. I really uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Alain, Ricardo Turoxi. Ricardo Turoxi. Former Lacrosse. I told you the accent come out, comes out. See, I already okay, forgot Sophia. my English. <laughs> Ep join us for episode, episode 101. 101. Next week. Thank you so much. Happy Friday. Bye. Today's episode of the Latino Founder Hour is brought to you by Publicize a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. They offer comprehensive PR services, and Publicize becomes a member of your team and can promote multiple PR announcements monthly. Check them out at publicize.co and tell them Sylvia and Edgar sent you. You've been listening to the Latino Founder Hour podcast. El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de NetSpace en el estudio Bigfoot Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland. Our audio engineer, mixer, and podcast editor is Alain Beausoleil. Diseñador de logo, Carolyn Main. Our network logo was designed by Jessica Chan. Diseñador de sitio web, Cameron Grimes. Our production assistant is Chelsea Lancaster. Tema de música, Funning and Sunning, de Kevin McLeod. Cree en ti mismo, sueña en grande y confía en el universo. De Marta Leticia y Silvia Romero. 